Welcome to Sword and Shield, the official podcast of the 960th Cyberspace Wing. Join us for insight, knowledge, mentorship, and some fun as we discuss relevant topics in and around our wing. Please understand that the views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of the U.S. Air Force nor the Air Force Reserve, and no endorsement of any particular person or business is ever intended. Welcome to another episode of the Sword and Shield. I'm uh, Chief Master Sergeant Christopher Howard, Superintendent, 960th COG. And today with me, I have... Staff Sergeant Laura McKinley with the 960th COG CSS. And Senior M.A. Fernandez with the 960th COG CSS. Thank you. I really appreciate you uh, taking some time today to talk to me. I know that earlier we were talking about first sergeants and superintendents. I was kind of hoping we could share that conversation uh, with our fellow gladiators. Um, what Do you remember what question you started off with? What is the role of a first sergeant and a superintendent? Role of first sergeant and superintendent. So I'll start with the first sergeant. Um, first sergeant is um, a special title and duty uh, for a senior NCO, right? Um, and they're part of what we call the triad. And when we talk about the superintendent as well, you have uh, the squadron commander, you have the first sergeant, and you have the superintendent that fills out the triad. And the role of the first sergeant is really to kind of, um, it's a dedicated focal point for uh, readiness, health, morale, welfare, uh, and quality of life uh, issues for all of your airmen, right? They're kind of a pinpoint. Uh, they're meant to provide uh, some guidance uh, to airmen. They're also uh, a uh, liaison between some of the enlisted and the officers or the commander uh, in most cases. And they're just really there to kind of gauge uh, what's going on uh, within the enlisted corps or the whole organization as well? There, uh, as well, there's a focus on the enlisted corps, but they're really there for all airmen. One of the mottos is every airman is their responsibility, right? Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to the superintendent, that role is a little bit different, right? So the superintendent um, acts uh, much more like a, a focal point for um, readiness and uh, all the stats, but uh, they're operationally focused. They're looking at the organization, uh, manpower, and they're to help uh, the commander focus all of the, those mission assets, readiness, as well as all of the, the staff in place. So, and they're key to the airman development as well. Um, what training is required to become a first sergeant? So the first sergeant uh, is required to attend an academy. Uh, the First Sergeant Academy is at Maxwell Air Force Base in Alabama, Gunter Annex specifically, and the requirements for uh, the First Sergeants is outlaid in AFI 36-21-113. But to kind of summarize it, right, when we're looking at First Sergeant candidates, we're going to look at uh, their performance, right? We're going to look at the history. We're, we want to see a consistency in being the epitome of the standard, right? We're going to look at... Um, what they've done with their fitness. Are they meeting and exceeding that expectation on a regular basis? We're going to look at uh, their job performance. We're going to look through their EPRs uh, and make sure that they have a consistent meeting and exceeding that standard. Right? We're really looking for what epitomizes the core values and have a history of performance there so that we're, we're putting the, some of the best enlisted in that position, right? Because they're going to act as a mentor, they're going to act as an advisor, um, and they're also going to be a symbol of what the Air Force should be, right? Um, now, does that mean everybody's 100% perfect? No. Does that mean it's always going to be the best? Um, we hope, right? 
Um, everybody has their different experiences and it also depends on the, the, the perception. But ultimately what we're looking at is based on that AFI is that consistent performance and the epitome of, of the standards while meeting all of the, the requirements um, based on that AFI. So since you were talking about how a first sergeant looks, would you say they could be a mentor? They are. They can be a mentor, right? So when we talk about the mentorship program as a whole, we don't necessarily assign that to individual roles. Um, in an effort to spur the conversation and spur the capabilities of a mentor, we often lean on our first line supervisors. And then we also look at our senior enlisted leadership uh, as well when we talk about the enlisted corps. And the first sergeant naturally falls in that position, right? Um, what we ask our first sergeants to do, as well as our superintendents, is to be engaged with the airmen on a regular basis. So they're going to walk around. They're going to talk to you. They're going to ask questions. That naturally leads itself to those moments of mentorship, right? Um, think about all the conversations that we have just spon you know, spontaneously, right? Um, I come into the, into the facility. I go into the work centers, and we just say, so how are you doing today? Or what's going on with this? Hey, I get asked these questions, right? Um, would that be categorized as mentorship? Or would it be just conversation? I say it's a little bit of both. Uh, I say the first sergeant does that as well, right? Where they go into a work center and they're just checking on you and then, hey, I have a problem with this. Okay, well, what about this? So it's all about spurring that thought and that, that on-the-spot mentorship. But there's also ways of actually leveraging the first sergeant through appointments or just going to their office. Most senior enlisted leadership as well as officer leadership has an open-door policy. I think that the first sergeants usually do pretty good at keeping that door open so that people come in, hey, I got this on my mind. Hey, I got this uh, going on or I'm thinking about this. And you can use them as a, as a bounce off and uh, for that mentorship. That was a really good answer. <laughs> what motivated you to become a first sergeant? So when I was a first sergeant years ago now, um, it really came down to I, I had some good experiences and I had some bad experiences as a first sergeant. Um, but the tipping point was that my senior enlisted leadership, my senior chief came to me and said, no, I see something in you. I see something that uh, we think that you set that standard um, right off the bat. And um, that belief in me made me believe I could do it. So it wasn't something I was seeking at the time. It wasn't something that I was gunning for. I wasn't using it to, to, to gain rank or anything like that. It's just that um, because my senior enlisted leadership um, felt that I had the qualities that met that standard, um, made me believe that I could uphold that standard. So I personally jumped into it with the idea of like, wow, I can actually make a difference um, by being a first sergeant um, and being in that role, right? Because they believed in me. And I could look at all the things that I did and did not like um, from my previous experiences with my first sergeants, right? I had one first sergeant um, who just really, I felt like kind of picked at me a little bit. And then I had one first sergeant that just laid it out simple gave me a little bit of slack and made me understand that, you know, um, these things weren't so such a big deal and helped me kind of work through things. So a lot of good examples there. And I just wanted to, to pay that forward again. Right? So as being a first sergeant or a superintendent, when airmen come to you, unless the door officer, can they, how does the conversation go? Can they be secure? Can they be confidential? Or does it have to be linked to their supervisor in some way right. aspect. <clears throat> now, that's a really good question, right? Because that, that gets into some some real gray areas when we talk about some of these roles. So both the first sergeant and uh, the superintendent, the hard thing is, is they're not the priest, 
Mm-hmm. I'm not the chaplain and I'm not the lawyer, right? Of um, and per AFI, there's a lot of regulations there that state when certain things are said that they are mandatory reports, right? What I would say that from a leadership perspective, being in both of those roles, it's um, when a conversation happens, if it doesn't meet the intent or meet the requirement of the AFI that I have to report it, um, it's about that trust, right? So let's just say that uh, either one of you came to my office and said, hey, I just have this problem that's going on. Um, maybe it's a personality conflict or something like that. I would, by all means, sit you down, listen to what you have to say, and then I would turn it into a mentorship moment, right? Mm-hmm. Unless, of course, there was something in that conversation that led me to, to believe that there was uh, mismanagement of resources like personnel, or if um, there was something illegal happening, uh, then I would have to report it, or if there was any kind of harassment, then I'd have to report it. But if it's just... You know, um, Sergeant Snuffy over here, just a jerk, right? Every time I come in, they're rough, they're mean. Um, anytime I ask them a question, they're short with me. Um, how do I handle that, right? And both the superintendent and the first sergeant are going to kind of take different perspectives on how to angle at that problem, right? First sergeant might look at you and say, okay, have you um, engaged with uh, Sergeant Snuffy? Have you told Sergeant Snuffy that, hey, when I ask you for help, you're always short with me. Why, right? Um, how, what, is, what am I doing to make you sure with me? Is, is there something wrong? Have I, have we uh, kind of, um, you know, butted heads somewhere and kind of work on that, the, the teamwork aspect and the relationship aspect of that conversation and mentorship, right. Of, uh, being able to build that up, right. Cause you don't want to go in there and listen to certain snuffy be snipey with you, right. You're not going to be happy. Um, you're not going to want to come into work. So the overall cohesiveness of the work center is, is challenged. A superintendent might, in some cases, look at it, okay, now I have a Sergeant Snuffy um, telling uh, Emma Fernandez, hey, um, I'm not going to train you, right? So now I look at it at a different perspective of, okay, so we're getting trainings being thwarted. I'm not getting airmen uh, qualified, and now I'm not being able to hit mission uh, requirements, right? So then, hey, uh, what kind of questions are you asking? Is it training related? Is it... Um, you know, uh, just based on feedback, what are the, the, the problem sets here? And then kind of working through that of, hey, I need this training. These are the, the ways uh, I need to get qualified in my job and kind of take a approach more of a mission aspect. It's not secluded to both of those, right? Those are just some examples of, you know, different types of focuses, right? Especially, uh, you know, first surgeons um, have um, a little bit more soft skills uh, when it comes to emotional intelligence. That doesn't mean that superintendents don't. It's just that's the job jar a little bit. Superintendents look at things uh, more often than not with a little bit more mission impact. Mm-hmm. So that's why I use those two examples to also differentiate between the two because sometimes uh, they can be kind of confused in regards to some of the roles when it comes to the mentorship and handling the, the personal pieces uh, of the overall cohesiveness of an organization, right? But both of them are there to advise, mentor, and help develop both of these problems out. Now, what uh, a superintendent and a first sergeant is not going to do is walk in there and go, Sergeant Stuffy, I'm going to, you know, punch you in the head mm-hmm. if you don't tar- start talking to so-and-so nice and nice. Now, unless, of course, it's necessary, right? There's going to be something like that. What they're going to try to do is help develop you, help you work on that relationship. Because ultimately, what's going to happen is if um, you go to the superintendent's shirt and the shirt and superintendent and go into Sergeant Stuffy and beats on Sergeant Snuffy every time you come into the office. In the office, what's going to happen, right? I mean, we've seen that, right? Mm-hmm. You guys have been around long enough uh, to say, okay, 
now certain stuff is going to be mad because you're tattling on me uh, <laughs> or every, you know, now uh, I'm in trouble versus let's try to work this out as a team member and work through that. That's the organic level at that tactical level. The results are much better than having a top down. Doesn't mean that uh, the leadership can't come in there and help fix those things. Ultimately, me personally, Chief Howard's uh, view of it, uh, and when I was a first sergeant was, I want to give you guys the skills to have that conversation and us to go through a number of mentorship moments to get there. And then if we can't hit that uh, that mark, then we have a different type of conversation. You know, and then that, that might lead to mediation where you have started stuffing yourselves in there and then we kind of work through that problem. No, I, I talk a lot. <laughs> I like how you use the scenarios, though. Right. Like, those, those were good. <laughs> <laughs> what would you encourage the airmen to come to the first sergeant for? I know there's a lot of things, but are there any like so I would, some top items? You so top items, I would almost say you can go to the first sergeant about anything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're not necessarily a counselor there, but they're there to help counsel, right? Um, the top things, right? If you got some pay issues, if you got some personality conflict issues, if you have just PG was questions, the first sergeants can get inundated as well as superintendents with the day-to-day workload. But ultimately, I can tell you from my experience, always love the conversations of, hey, sure, hey, chief, um, what do you think about this? Or, hey, I have this going on. Um, ultimately, you want to be able, be able to build that relationship. So even just talking to the, the first sergeant and the superintendent um, about non-important things, um, helps you build a trust, right? Now you can trust that superintendent and you can trust that first sergeant. So when something bad does happen or something inconvenient does happen, like, hey, I haven't been paid in, in two UTAs or I haven't paid in three months or, um, hey, I'm having this issue going on here, um, that you feel comfortable going to them and having that conversation. So I don't want to limit it only these items here. Ultimately, yeah, there's some key things, like if you're not getting paid, if lodging's going south, if... Uh, you know, there's issues um, and with your career and career development and, and things like that. Obviously, you want to talk to the first sergeant and superintendent uh, about those those items. But I, I encourage everybody just to have good, normal conversations with superintendents and first sergeants. Um, and I challenge all of my first sergeants and superintendents out there to be engaged at the airman level, right? And I say capital A, right? We want to talk to everybody in the organization so that I have that trust built in. That way, if there is an issue, you have no qualms of going, hey, chief, you got a minute? Hey, sure. Do you have a second? Can we talk about this? This is what's going on, right? Um, even if it's just something as simple as, um, uh, hey, uh, I, I, where do I get the sex uniform item? Hey, what are some of the uniform changes to something that as um, big as, you know, today is the worst day that I'm ever having and I really need to talk to somebody? I want, you know, but we don't build up that trust, then how are you ever going to feel comfortable? So that's the challenge to all those gladiators out there is have those conversations, the day-to-day, uh, just gee whiz things, right? Um, there's a couple of NCOs here at the staff that like to play stump the chief, mm-hmm. uh, which is fun. Uh, I enjoy it. I love the challenge uh, of what do you think about this or what's going on, especially like anything that's going on in the news, anything that's going on with Air Force. So that answers that question. Thank you, sir. Which wrap really good question. Sure. So even though airmen and officers enlisted mm-hmm. can come to you, right. how would you recommend that they come to you? I mean, would you recommend they use their chain of command first? 
or can they go directly to you? It depends on the situation, right? So mm-hmm. if it's uh, if you've given your super, when it comes to like airman development, in some cases, when it comes to specific uh, issues within your work center, right, or specific issues with your supervisor, um, the first thing we're going to ask is, have you talked to your supervisor, right? Mm-hmm. If it's working through an issue that's organizational, um, we want to use the chain of command. Let's say it's a it's an issue with an EPR, or if it's even a discipline issue, um, and even some personality conflicts, you want to go at the lowest level first. So you're going to want to talk to the supervisor or the airman that's involved with it first. Then, if uh, you make no resolution or you make no traction, um, then obviously you'd want to up channel that to the first sergeant and the superintendent. Now, that does not mean that from a mentorship moment that, hey, if you're having those issues and you don't know how to approach your supervisor, that you could talk to the shirt and first sergeant or first sergeant and the superintendent um, and say, hey, I have this issue. I need some advice on how to approach the subject um, so that they can help you kind of approach that subject. Right. Um, we don't have those skills naturally. So sometimes asking for that mentorship and asking for that help is fine. Um, it's the involvement level that you're asking for. And then so in it, even if it doesn't matter about rank, right? So, you know, a lot of times supervision, especially at, at, at staff levels, um, could include lieutenants and captains and, and majors. And when it comes to personalities, it makes no real difference. It's just a the matter, of, matter of respect, uh, how we approach those subjects, as well as, uh, you know, some of the nuances. And if it's one of those things where it is, um, or an organizationally an issue, um, and we have to up-channel it, then that's where the first sergeant superintendent might take it to the commander directly, um, enlisted or officer. Thank you. No problem. What else is on you guys' mind? Is there anything that we absolutely have to go to the first sergeant for? Ooh, that's a good question, right? Um, you know, I, there's a lot of things that, uh, that have to happen, right, uh, when it comes to mandatory reports. So, I, you know, obviously anything of significant value of resources and manpower. If someone's being harassed, there are reporting chains uh, for, like, through the SARP, um, or if there's um, any kind of other types of harassment uh, that they, they can use these other programs. But going to... Uh, the first sergeant, anytime you're having any significant issues, I would leverage the first sergeant first. Um, they're going to help direct you to where they can go. Obviously, if it's something that you're much more um, reserved about when it comes to certain assaults, obviously there's ways to go reported and unreported that I would leverage uh, those programs first. Um, if you have significant life changes, uh, I'll let your supervisor know, the first sergeant know. Um, if uh, there's any potential loss of life, Limb or um, major damage to uh, equipment, then you want to bring that to the first sergeant superintendent. Um, and it, it's it's not so clear cut. There are some things that uh, you definitely want to drive up. And again, it goes down to those major categories, right? Um, that you really should go to the first sergeant. Yeah, like for example, if someone came to me that's also an airman and they're maybe telling me. Something about something that's going on in their personal life that's right. very sensitive. But I mean, I'm not 
should I be going to you for that for to the first agent for that? There are things like that. But you know, if they're going through the personal things, you know, obviously you can't make someone talk about their personal life. But you want to be a good advisor, a good mentor, a good friend, good airman, wingman, um, then you might want to suggest, hey, have you talked to the first sergeant? So the first sergeant knows a lot of the ways that they can get support. You know, um, military one source they're going to leverage. There's going to be the chaplain corps that they're going to leverage. They're going to be able to leverage, um, you know, potential uh, other base agencies to support airmen or help them get off base support as well uh, when it comes to some of these subjects, right? So, speaking of, you know, your roles and responsibilities, as a traditional reservist, obviously, we only work one week in a month, you know, the two weeks a year, and obviously, AGRs or full-time reservists can get a hold of you anytime, especially if you're a full-time, but if you're a TR, how would they be able to get a hold of you? So, what we do with our first sergeants is we provide our first sergeants with phones. So, one of the requirements of being a first sergeant, even as a TR, is that they're going to be... um, available. That's where the phone comes in, into play. What we do with our first sergeants, if they're working items throughout the month, then they, they get RMPs. They also have uh, RPA set aside to cover down on these things. So you can leverage your first sergeant um, pretty much any time throughout the month. Um, the level of engagement will vary based on their personal life, but they will be engaged fairly quickly, especially if you call that phone. Uh, and then they may get uh, some of the full-time staff involved to get the, those things moving throughout the month. Obviously, when it comes to some statuses, um, there are limitations to what resources they may able, be able to provide, but they would be available to take the call and help advise you through some of those programs and processes. And then we covered a lot of things. Is there any last questions that you guys might have? I have one last question. Sure. So, if you have a phone and it's not a UTA weekend, mm-hmm. would they be able to, should they only get a hold of you if it's for emergencies and not just chit chats? Or how do you recommend that contact uh, policy? Yeah, contact policy is um, <laughs> if it's an emergency, you call non UTA, right? Um, if it's a significant issue, non UTA, you call them. Um, if uh, it's something of, that um, could probably be handled in two to three days, I would suggest maybe sending them an email and seeing where they engage because we're checking their emails as well, right? Mm -hmm. So it depends on what the severity is. Uh, And then there's nothing to say that you can't ask for mentorship throughout the month. Depends on what uh, the workload is for that individual first sergeant to whether they can support it or not. Um, But nothing hurts to ask, right? Um, Obviously, you just don't want to blow up someone's phone with, hey, so I was cooking dinner and I had this wild thought. But sometimes that's okay too. It just depends on the relationship you end up having with the first sergeant um, or the superintendent um, and just kind of working through that, right? Mm-hmm. Did you have any last questions? No, sir. You've answered all my questions. Awesome. Thank you. Well, this is also a unique uh, opportunity for you guys to say anything you might want to say to your fellow gladiators. So is there anything you want to say, Sergeant McCallum, to any of your fellow gladiators? Um, I would say probably don't be scared, but don't be hesitant to ask. It never hurts to ask a question. Right. You may not get the answer right away, but at least you can get that question out there. Right. Exactly. And get the response maybe not immediately, but maybe at a later time. So it doesn't hurt to go to your first sergeant or superintendent to just say, hey, I got this. What do you think? Right. Awesome. And then go from there. I fully agree. What about you? Yes. Um, kind of piggybacking off of what um, Sergeant McKinley just said, um, 
don't be afraid to go to your first sergeant for any kind of mentorship you need. Um, but just remember that some things may not be confidential. So if it's something that you don't feel comfortable with leadership knowing, or maybe there's something that you don't want action taken on, I would maybe hold back on that. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for being part of this today. I'm glad that you guys were able to take the time. Thank you so much. Uh, to the gladiators out there, thank you for your time. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your sacrifice. We appreciate everything you do throughout the month on the UTA and uh, the commitment that you've made to this organization and to your nation. So that said, remember, stab your enemy in the face through cyberspace. <laughs>